from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Thank you, Elizabeth LaSalle, and today it is my pleasure to be talking to Colonel Mike Thumb, USMC retired, who is the master of the fourth degree Archdiocese of Washington District for the Knights of Columbus. Welcome, Colonel Thumb. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. And today we're talking about the recent uh, Warriors to Lords pilgrimage, which the uh, Archdiocese for the Military Services and the Knights of Columbus sponsor every year. Uh, it's an opportunity for uh, both active duty and uh, retired uh, um, U.S. military members to make a pilgrimage to Lourdes at the same time the international military pilgrimage is uh, held there. Tell us a little bit about this year's uh, pilgrimage. Uh, how did it go? Sure will. Uh, we uh, met at uh, – I was one of the trip leaders for the uh, uh, pilgrims. Uh, the wounded warriors and the uh, uh, the caregivers and some volunteers out of Dulles Airport. And we, we uh, from the United States, we meet at a number of different airports with our trip leaders and then proceed over there. And then a bus trip comes from Germany as well for uh, Europe. Uh, we had 41 uh, folks in our group, probably mm-hmm. one of the biggest groups out of the airports in the U.S., and we started on the 14th of, uh, of uh, May uh, there uh, and then uh, uh, proceeded over to uh, Paris and then on to an airport closer to Lourdes and then a, about a 45-minute to an hour bus trip into Lourdes. And the, these uh, service members came from several airports in the United States and, as you mentioned, uh, took a bus down from Germany. So all That's of right. you uh, assembled together at Lourdes to begin this, what, five-day, six-day pilgrimage? That's right. It, it, the whole, entire trip about six days for us. Yeah, And uh, some that are on the West Coast uh, uh, lag by about a day to us, and they, they come and they leave along, along those lines. And this year, the dates of the pilgrimage was uh, were uh, May 14th to the 21st. Yes, that's right. Okay, so uh, what did you do when you got to Lourdes? Okay. <laughs> Uh, the first thing we do is uh, really get everybody settled in their rooms. And then uh, that first evening, because uh, we actually get there, if we left the 14th, we get there Wednesday the 15th. And once we get settled, uh, we have a, uh, and we have a number of these during the uh, pilgrimage, we have faith and formation sessions uh, run by, uh, you know, Father Lively and Father Foster from the Archdiocese for the Military Services uh, for these people and uh, for all of us. And initially we get together for a session and uh, uh, there is a presentation by one of the priests along, you know, religious Catholic lines, though some people, there are a few folks that come that are not Catholic, you know, but uh, uh, they too are seeking, uh, say, healing, you know, uh, whether it be spiritual, whether it be, uh, in some case, it actually has been physical in the history of uh, trips to Lourdes. But so that night we have a faith and formation session where after the presentation we break up into our groups from the various airports and uh, with one of the uh, priests and have a discussion 
that hopefully brings out a lot of the uh, uh, reasons some of these folks are there, kind of gets them to open up and prepare for, you know, the great spiritual, to me, spiritual adventure of being at Lourdes and participating in everything. Uh, and a lot of these uh, pilgrims are wounded warriors. Yes, they are. They are, uh, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, or, you know, or uh, uh, perhaps something else, yes, they're so, all wounded. Mm-hmm. Whether physical, spiritual, or mental, whether they were yeah. actually physically injured in battle, or they uh, carry the moral injury, uh, the spiritual injury that comes from having been in combat, or uh, post-traumatic stress, which is more of an emotional or psychological uh, repercussion that they experience. That's correct, and uh, they um, uh, seek healing in the in the in the waters, the healing waters. Yes, they do, and and we do that the very next day. If we got there, say the fifteenth of May, on the sixteenth, bright and early, you know, we're headed for the baths, and uh, we make an attempt, you know, to have reservations ahead of time and get everybody that we can. And we've had luck. I've been two years now. We've had the. Uh, uh, good fortune of getting every single person on the uh, pilgrimage through the baths. And did you witness any healings? Uh, I think, uh, you know, what I do see is some uh, uh, really uh, helping them to come at, to be uh, at peace with things, I think, initially, and uh, have not uh, been made aware of any, say, physical healings yet, though I know some have happened in the past. And just in the way of background, uh, mm-hmm. Lourdes is where uh, St. Bernadette, uh, 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 the, the Blessed Mother, appeared to St. Bernadette in 1858. That's right. And uh, so you say that, uh, what is that like? What are the baths like? Okay. Uh, the baths are, uh, they're all separated for the men and the women, and uh, we all go in in a, a certain number to handle each of the uh, I'll call it the, uh, um, it's not a tub, but it's more of a, um, a cutout out of rock where someone can step down and then be immersed into that healing water. And the first thing we do is get ready, get prepared, uh, step into the water when we're ready. And uh, there are some gentlemen there in the men's case, of course, uh, that which I've experienced. Uh, they They come in there with you. Uh, they offer to pray with you, and there's always at there an icon or a statue of the Blessed Mother there at the end of these baths. And then uh, once you step in and you're ready to go, then they'll have you sit into the water and, and submerge, and they'll assist you down and back up. And uh, it's some of the coldest water probably anybody's ever been in, and it's <laughs> the cleanest gonna, water as well. I yeah. was going to ask you if it was cold or hot. Yeah, I, I've been yeah. told it was cold. It's very cold, yeah. <laughs> Because it's, you know, it's, it's basically a flowing a stream initially. Now it's basically a river next to uh, Lord's uh, itself, the holy grounds there. And uh, generally speaking, how long uh, will the pilgrims stay submerged in the water? Oh, it's just uh, probably just a number of seconds, not mm-hmm. very long. You know, not to get into the water, pause there, and then come back out of it quickly. And... Uh, is this a one-time thing, or do the pilgrims uh, come back to the waters uh, on several occasions during the No, trip? it's a one-time thing during our visit, yeah. Uh, and this year, uh, to give me some uh, insight on uh, some of the pilgrims who made the journey, what uh, 
uh, afflictions they were uh, dealing with. And, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, because of uh, uh, you know privacy for medical things, we as trip leaders don't always know what their afflictions are. But I was aware that uh, you know some were uh, post-traumatic stress uh, sufferers. Uh, some were uh, ailing from uh, cancer, those kinds of things. Uh, and others, uh, uh, it seemed like uh, they had something that wasn't disclosed, but they wanted to try to uh, come to peace with it or, you know, seek the healing mentally for that as well, so those types of things. Some were uh, obvious um, leg kind of injuries as well, and we helped them as much as we can with uh, not only with their canes and that, but for some of these events with wheelchairs so we can not only get them there easily, get them right up front for the events as well. And which conflicts were these pilgrims veterans of for the most part? Yeah, most of them, uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, older ones, there were uh, one or two from the Vietnam time frame. There were uh, Desert Storm veterans. And some, you know, since then in Afghanistan and Iraq as well. And of the physically uh, afflicted, what kinds of injuries, wounds uh, are we talking about? Yeah, most, most of what I saw that I was aware of were leg, knee, those kinds of injuries. Uh, roadside bomb injuries? Yeah, though, you know, though, again, that's not really disclosed to us, but I, you can suspect yeah, that's right. So what was the mood uh, once you were there? Yep. Uh, the pilgrims uh, dipped into the waters, mm-hmm. sought healing. Uh, the, what, masses? There were confessions? Yes. Uh, what, what, was, what was the general tone of this pilgrimage? I think, you know, to a person, I think as the pilgrimage progresses, first you see a little bit of apprehension. You know, what are we going to see here when they first get there? And then as it progresses, you see a real, real calming um, really getting into the spiritual things, like you said, the masses. Uh, there is anointing of the sick while we're there. Uh, the masses are uh, uh, really uh, impactful to me. You know, they're, they're in some of them are in chapels. Uh, one of the masses that we have at the beginning of the the military international military pilgrimage uh, during those three days is in the grotto itself for the English speaking people and. Uh, Bishop uh, Coffey said that mass for everyone, and with a homily by the the bishop who was head, uh, the bishop for the Canadian military as well. Really impactful. And you're talking Bishop Joseph Coffey. He's yes. with the Archdiocese for the Military Services and uh, Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so the International Military Pilgrimage is. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about that and how that relates to the Warriors to Lords. Okay. Uh, like I said, we get there and we start some of our own events as the American delegation. Uh, but the very next uh, uh, or two days later, uh, as, it, as we progress, we start to see uh, groups of military folks from many other countries uh, start to arrive. Uh, the biggest clue is we see them marching around. Uh, we see and hear their bands playing at all hours of the day and night, which is really refreshing, too, right by the hotels, you know, and down in the Esplanade, down there by the Basilica, and, and uh, just all over, and it's really great. Uh, to, to culminate with uh, something, uh, the teens of thousands of people that are there. So. And just in the way of background, the international military pilgrimage started after World War II mm-hmm. with uh, French and um, 
other countries' yes. militaries, and eventually the Germans, too, uh, came That's together. Right. Uh, and so this has been a, a, a tradition ever since then. Uh, so th- this, in fact, this was the 61st annual That's right. international yes. military mm-hmm. pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, okay, so did you have a lot of interaction from the uh, pilgrims from the militaries mm-hmm. of other countries? There's there's quite a bit of interaction. I didn't uh, witness a lot of it, but saw some photos afterwards where, uh, in particular, a Navy commander is meeting with some of the uh, folks from uh, one of the other militaries, and they usually exchange some trinkets, whether it be insignia from their uh, their covers or their uniforms. Uh, whether it be some kind of a coin, those kinds of things, just for uh, uh, memory's sake, you know, when they do that, it's really nice. And the fact that uh, all of you share military service in common gives mm-hmm. you a, uh, uh, you know, a point of common interest yes, to begin yes. with. Because then when this pilgrimage kicks off, we have an opening ceremony where each delegation sits in a in a, a um, designated spot in the uh, – uh, underground uh, basilica, Pius Tenth Basilica, I think it's, mm-hmm. is the name of it. And, uh, I mean, again, ten, they'll all fit in there. It is a huge uh, place uh, where we have an opening ceremony where all the bands cycle through and play, and, and then uh, we'll have a mass during the pilgrimage on Sunday and then a closing ceremony that afternoon uh, with some military competition in between. So, I mean, with some athletic competition in between, which what, is really what good. What kinds of ath- athletic competition? Uh, they actually, um, each country puts a team together, and they, uh, what they do is they, uh, they have to have a, uh, someone who's injured in a little cart, and they, they wheel them with them when they run this course, and uh, along the way they shoot, some weapons they uh they have a uh, a toss of something strength kind of competition but then they have obstacles and they have to go say under or whatever however it's designed through the obstacle and then hoist up the uh the wounded and carry them across the obstacle and continue so uh, so we're talking a lot of pomp and circumstance yes and uh is everyone in uniform all of them uh, for those events I mentioned are in uniform, yes. And against, uh, you know, in the, in the I, I don't want to say backdrop, but the whole purpose of the, mm-hmm. the pilgrimage is to come together in the name of Jesus yes. and to uh, celebrate our faith and to, to uh, seek renewal and, yes. and healing. And so tell me a little bit more about that aspect. I think um, probably the biggest part, uh, of course, we... We all get together for an opening ceremony. Uh, they're all having their own times through the baths that I mentioned earlier. So they all do that and get that really, to me, uh, hard-hitting experience uh, uh, religiously. And then uh, uh, we all go to Mass together, so we celebrate the uh, holy uh, sacrifice of the Mass all together. And... Uh, and then we have a closing ceremony where it's, you know, it's kind of like the Olympics, you know. And then we all get together and we celebrate at the end of it. And uh, uh, there's always some prayer involved and there's always some, uh, you know, some um, reflection, you know, personal infle- reflection, I think, uh, being at this very holy place of Lords. And there were others who accompanied uh, the wounded warriors, too. Tell me mm-hmm. about them. Yeah wives uh, spouses uh, uh, 
people who are helping them. Yeah, some were uh, some were wives or husbands, depending on uh, who had the uh, the ailments that we mentioned earlier. Uh, some were friends from uh, whether they were from combat or whether they've met them since, you know. But they thought these people can really uh, benefit by going to Lords, you know, for that uh, at least that spiritual mental healing and maybe we find another miracle there and there's some uh, physical healing as well that we'll hear about later and for those who qualify uh, their expenses are paid by the knights of columbus that's right uh each each year uh, kind of the cycle in general uh you can always uh, check on it if someone's interested at the uh, website warriors to lords.org but about september time frame the applications will open up and that's how, through an approval process, someone would get approved to have their way paid. And then uh, the applications have to be in by, say, mid-January. And what are the criteria? Um, I, I can't say that I know all of the criteria, but certainly they're looking for people who uh, uh, perhaps haven't yet experienced it. Though we do have some that go a second time, but uh, have some kind of a uh, an ailment where they will uh, seek healing you know in any of the categories we said before whether it be uh, uh, physical or otherwise and uh, those are the the biggest things I do believe there and for someone who would like to make the uh, journey next year mm-hmm. uh, where do they go to find out uh, their eligibility and to apply yeah. all of that information is uh, and it will be updated like I said by about September time frame for the next uh, trip to Lords, but you go to www.warriors2lords.org. And uh, so tell me a little bit about your personal background. You were a colonel in the United States Marines. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, I served uh, just short of 28 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, flew A-4 aircraft first on and then the, the Harrier aircraft and uh uh, finished up my last tour at Naval Air Station Patuxent River down south in Maryland and flew the uh, F-18 uh, Hornet there. Uh, but in between, you know, a lot of, uh, a couple of command tours and uh, a few staff tours as well. You were uh, a, a fighter pilot. Yeah, we... Yeah. We 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 separate. We tend to separate between uh, fighter pilots and attack pilots. And I my primary job was the attack role there to help out the uh, Marines on the ground. I see. And uh, so, how did you come to become a member of the Knights of Columbus? Well, I had uh, I had been asked a few times uh, uh, during my active duty years. And as that was winding down, you know, it was always, it's hard to understand that, well, I'm going to be moving here in a couple of years. It sounds like it's hard to do that right now. And I'm busy and all of that, but Hey, you can transfer. Now I know between councils, you know, and the Knights of Columbus, the local units. So if I, if I had really thought about it, I probably would have joined sooner, but I waited until uh, my last tour there at NAS Patuxent river and joined in 2001. And so you're now the uh, master of the fourth degree for the Archdiocese for Washington, D.C., which includes yes. five counties in Maryland. Yes. So in that capacity, what are your duties, your responsibilities? Yeah, I, um, I actually oversee uh, 12 assemblies in, the er- in that area that you described, the assemblies being the local units of the fourth degree of the Knights of Columbus. And uh, the biggest role uh, that we do as the district is uh, provide color core, whether it be uh, 
color guard with the flags and that, or honor guard for liturgical processions or other social uh, uh, community events, those kinds of things. Um, and for and also we very often support uh, Archbishop Brolio and the Archdiocese for the military services with some of their masses at the Basilica. And not only that, but the Knights of Columbus is uh, one of the uh, largest benefactors of the Archdiocese for the Military Services, and that for that we're especially grateful. You've mm-hmm. been uh, especially generous uh, with our co-sponsored seminarian program, yes. and given the fact that uh, there's a tremendous shortage of uh, Catholic chaplains in the mm-hmm. U.S. military right now, that, uh, that help is uh, indispensable, and for that mm-hmm. we are uh, deeply appreciated. And I would say that uh, it's still ongoing. In the last couple of days, I've had discussions with a uh, Knights of Columbus council that feeds one of our assemblies with a donation that's coming in for that. So it still continues today. Will you be making the next Warriors to Lords spiritual journey? My plan right now is uh, that, uh, yes, my wife and I will plan on doing that. You know, my wife wanted to get involved because uh, there are many things uh, related to uh, St. Bernadette in her life, having been uh, uh, baptized and married at St. Bernadette's Church in Silver Spring, Maryland, and <laughs> having Bernadette as her confirmation name. It's like uh, this is really uh, uh, hard-hitting, you know, when she goes there in a good way, yes. and she really enjoys doing it. And, and we've both now become trip leaders, so we help out with, uh, with it. How important uh, is the... A practice of faith to folks who serve in the military, both during the time of active duty and then afterward. Mm-hmm. I I think it's extremely important. Uh, some some people that I have um, served with, I think, uh, maybe don't recognize that impact initially, but it may take some event or something, you know, that uh, they dis- discover that they need that uh, religious support, you know, as they go through it, and I think then it becomes very important. And uh, after service, uh, you know, we talk about moral injury and post-traumatic stress. Um, uh, you know, what, what role does faith play in, uh, for lack of a better word, treating those conditions? I think, uh, again, what, what I have seen is uh, faith is very important in, I think, uh, these folks maybe. uh, uh coming to peace with things, you know, and being uh, uh, more more at ease, more relaxed, and knowing that they have help out there in the religious aspect there. Uh, and so uh, do, uh, as far as the future goes, do you expect that the Warriors to Lords will— how, how long has Warriors to Lords been—, been uh, Several years. Right? It has, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I can quote the right. total number for sure. Yeah, but not, but, certainly yeah. not as long— as not as long as the uh, international. No, not at all. No, it's but, been quite a number of years less. Right, yeah, but uh, you, you're, the Knights uh, are expecting that this will continue to be an annual. Oh, certainly, yes. We would uh, love to keep that going. Yeah. Um, and uh, how? Let, let's back up and take the big picture here. You know, we we uh, mentioned earlier about the chaplains and the shortage of chaplains. In your experience, in your twenty twenty eight years mm-hmm. on active duty. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the role of the chaplains. And yeah. why, do, do you think they're important? Uh, they're extremely important. When, uh, especially, Let's go with uh, people being deployed. First off, uh, they look for that uh, ability to, in the Catholic 
aspect of it to get to mass, you know, celebrate mass, receive the Holy Eucharist, that kind of thing. And uh, it's become uh, more and more of a challenge, I know, for our smaller number of chaplains, you know, to get to everyone on different ships and different locations. So, uh, you know, people uh, do look forward to that to uh, keep their uh, religious uh, part of life going. And the chaplain is the only officer in the military uh, that a um, either another officer or an enlisted person can go to and speak in confidence, and there's no chance that uh, what is said is going to be, yeah. uh, you know, repeated. That's uh, right, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I th- think we all as uh, practicing uh, Christians can appreciate uh uh, I guess the confessional privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly. Yes, uh, and uh, in in the, under the pressure of war, particularly in uh, the heat of battle, uh, or you know the times before and after uh, battle is waged, it's uh, it's uh, it's important to have someone that you can speak to in confidence. Sure is. Yes. Uh, so, uh, are you a lifelong Catholic? Did you convert? No, I was a lifelong Catholic. Yeah, That's my uh, and my mother was also. My dad uh, start. I'll say started out Lutheran, but then one day he always went to mass with my mom. He's very good at that. And then about long about when he was eighty five, he surprised us with, "I'm going to convert to Catholicism," <laughs> and he did. And he did. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else we haven't talked about? No, I think, you know, we, we talked about uh, the ability to sign up and go to Lourdes. I just thought I should uh, mention that, uh, like you said, if selected for the program, the wounded get to go uh, and paid for. But if you choose to go as, say, a volunteer, you know, just to go and, and uh, participate, um, you pay your own way in those cases. But also there's an approval process for all of it at any rate. So anybody who's interested in making the uh, trip next year can um, go to www.warriorstolords.org and uh, details will be available there uh, along with an application. Uh, and uh, that will be available, but you think, beginning around September? I think so, yeah. when the, I mean, the updated uh, information would be out there. And uh, a lot of that, uh, not only is there say, the initial application to sign up, but because of, you know, the, the medical aspect of it, there's a medical annex that has to be completed also, and and in some cases, uh, perhaps some approval from doctors and that kind of thing. So there is a an extensive process that goes on there. But if you start September, October, you know, you're in plenty of time before the deadline in January. Colonel Mike Thumb, USMC retired, master of the fourth degree for the uh, Archdiocese of Washington District. Colonel Thumb, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much.